Hey, is this thing on? The Extra Innings Baseball Show is back. Jordan, it's been two weeks since we've talked to the, the good people of the baseball community. Welcome back, everybody. Doesn't Jordan, how you doing? That long. I know. <laughs> I was <laughs> doing like I was doing like the date range on like the notes because our notes aren't like that extensive today, just because there's so much. To, we're just going to yes. talk about the league in general. Um, but I was doing like the date ranges, and I was like May twentieth. Is that right? From like. It's like been like almost a month. <laughs> like, how is this possible? It but, was just two weeks, I think. Yeah, it, it was two weeks, but it, for some reason the dates were. I mean, it was uh, only yeah, two weeks, we, but the we dates. We recorded seemed... on like a Tuesday last week, or yeah. the last time, and then we're recording yeah. on a Friday this week. Yeah, so I think it was like May 3rd or something like that. Yeah. Was the last time that we've talked baseball. So now we're back. We're not talking baseball, but we're the extra innings baseball show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan, how you doing? Doing okay. Um, you know, uh, just really excited to be able to talk some baseball. I can't get over it. You know, it's kind of like if I had to liken it to something, I can't get over it the way that the Yankees can't get over Orioles left field wall. So that um, pretty much today, uh, figuratively and literally. And what I mean by that is because uh, only one Yankee has hit it over that wall, but also they can't stop talking about it. You know, it's kind of living in their head rent-free. I wish I could live somewhere rent-free, but unfortunately that's not uh, possible in this day and age. So, mainly, mainly, even though the Orioles are 15 and 24, uh, still enjoying the season, getting able to, uh, you know, being able to watch all of these uh, great teams play, uh, you know, yesterday just popping on random games as I'm sitting there doing nothing. So, that kind of stuff is... Uh, what baseball is there for. So I'm really enjoying the season so far, uh, the storylines in the season. So, uh, yeah, can't get over it. Our teams are about the same. Mine's 15 and 22, about to be 15 and 23. Um, just kind of – yours is on a much better trajectory, though. Like, all of our guys are just getting hurt now. So that's – Well, just... it depends. If they're going to call up Adley Rutschman sometime this century or <laughs> next century – just really trying to figure out that, but oh, I might save that for a word from the warehouse. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it, it seems like it's been like the last week or so that you've been like, all right, I'm ready to go to the game. Any day, any day, any day. Yep. And uh, every time, you know what's funny, Jordan? Your Orioles have made some like transactions and stuff. And it <laughs> yeah, always, like, they always time. tweeted, and I'm like, oh, there it is. And then I'm like reading yeah. it and I'm going, oh, this is like, it's some... another person making a debut. <laughs> right. It's like this is some random guy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the day will come, Jordan. Uh, as Harry Carey would say, the day will come. One day, the, the Orioles will win the World Series. He didn't say the Orioles; he said the Cubs. But um, I'm pretty sure. Well, the Orioles... you know, he may have meant in the past. Uh, the Orioles have won it three <laughs> times. That might be it. <laughs> that's, uh, right. that's how many times we've won it. Give us a hundred and some odd years, and uh, yeah. we'll win it three times. We've only yeah. been around since '54. The O's doing so, better than us. So. Yeah. <laughs> The track record's better. All right, let's get into some baseball. Let's talk some baseball. Um, let's go through the divisions first. American League East, the New York Yankees sit atop that division. Seems like that's going to be a common thread uh, throughout the season. 28 and 10. You've got the Rays in second at 23 and 15. The Blue Jays at 20 and 18. The Red Sox at 16 and 22. The Orioles at 15 and 24 might be able to pass the Red Sox here in a little bit, maybe. We were up there for a little bit. We were yeah. in place for a little bit, and then it um, fell apart. <laughs> yeah, wheels come off um, that left field wall. You know, it's gotten into their minds. Um, 
the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins lead that division 22 and 16, the White Sox at 19 and 19, the Cleveland Guardians at 16 and 19, the Kansas City Royals at 14 and 23, and the Detroit Tigers having a horrible season at 13 and 25. Not a good start for the Tigers at all. Uh, Houston Astros lead the AL West 25 and 14, the Angels at 24 and 16, Texas Rangers at 17 and 20, the Seattle Mariners at 17 and 22, the Oakland A's at 16 and 24 flipping over the national league east the new york mets at 26 and 14 we'll talk a lot about them because there's a lot of news on the mets uh the philadelphia phillies at 18 and 20 the marlins at 17 and 20 the braves at 17 and 21 the washington nationals at 13 and 26 in the nl central it's the brewers on top at 24 and 14 the cardinals at 20 and 18 pirates at 16 and 21 my chicago cubs at 15 and 22 and the Cincinnati Reds at 11 and 26. Dodgers lead the NL West at 25 and 12. The Padres 24 and 14. The San Francisco Giants at 22 and 15. And the Colorado Rockies 18 and 19. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks finish out the West at 19 and 21. But are about to beat the Cubs. So uh, pretty interesting uh, division uh, lineups, I guess. Jordan, the a couple of these divisions, I mean, there's not teams, but one uh, over 500. There's a lot of teams hovering towards that 500 mark. I feel like you've got like two strong divisions, one in the AL East, um, and then you've got the NL West uh, completing uh, those really strong divisions. But really, I mean, when you take a look around the league, Jordan, um, anything kind of stand out to you so far as far as, I mean, we've talked a lot about the Yankees and Mets. Um, and I know we'll get down to that or if we want to start with that, but anything that sticks out to you? Um, hmm. Looking at this, uh, you know, we, we were really singing the NL West praises for a bit, but now they have two teams under 500. They, they were for a while. Um, everything over 500 or even with 500. So that's kind of taken a turn in the last uh, little bit here. But I think uh, one thing we got to talk about is how bad the Reds were originally, but now they've kind of gone on a seven and three last 10 here, um, which puts them only two games back of the nationals for like the worst team in the um, national league. So that's, uh, that's pretty surprising. I would say, um, but I think uh, maybe the AL East is something that's interesting. We didn't think Boston would be this bad, but uh, New York is really kind of getting here five games up on Tampa and Toronto, who were heavy favorites going into this division. So uh, not really much on the Yankee end do I want to talk about it, but just the fact that Tampa and Toronto have kind of been struggling. Tampa's 5-5 five and five in their last 10, and Toronto's 3-7 and seven in their last 10. And the lineups are just not doing for Toronto what they what we had thought that you know they were going to do. Where when Bob Nightingale accidentally said they had 17 home runs in the first few games instead of seven, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if they have 17 total. I guess I could check that real quick, but um, I don't know. They just haven't really done uh, what we kind of thought they would do. And yes, they have way past 17 by now. I was just making a joke. I just looked at the numbers and it's it's way up there. But Vladdy and Springer leading with seven home runs. Matt Chapman back at six home runs. I mean, he's kind of been having a, a resurgent power year after his hip issue, but he's only batting 185. 
So not great for him. I think the biggest takeaway of the season is the signings not really having an impact for most teams. Mm-hmm. Batting signings. Pitching yeah. signings has been a little better. I was going to say, I mean, it, a lot of the guys that are having the impact are the ones that they've re-signed or guys that hadn't quite hit well in the past. I mean, I know Rizzo's hit pretty well for the Yankees um, in that aspect of the game. And uh, I think, you know, looking at Francisco Lindor and guys like that, I mean, guys that I think many teams thought in the past were going to help them, you know, kind of lead the charge. But I think you're right. Like, I think it's interesting. You look at the Blue Jays, and it's a team that I think we thought, you know, that they were – maybe a surprise for best team in um, the American league this year. I think you and I had them pretty far in the playoff run. Uh, I, I think if you look at that team, just up and down, you look at, you know, Vlad Guerrero, who's hitting 284. He's got the OPS of eight, eight or eight thirty eight, which is really high. George Springer, like you said, an eight thirty three OPS. Um, but just some solid guys at the top of that lineup. I mean, Santiago Espinal's played pretty well um, as he's gotten some games and run. Um, Alejandro Kirk, uh, has played pretty well behind the plate. Um, but I mean, seriously, if you look at this team, I'd say that they're one of the more deep rosters, uh, in the AL East, uh, and maybe one of the more deep rosters in this whole league. Um, it's just a matter of, can they get it going and, and kind of catch up to the Yankees just because the Yankees have just been so good. And you've gotten to see, you've gotten to see the Yankees a lot. Um, you're getting to see the Yankees pretty close up. I mean, is it, is it continuously going? I mean, is it continuous? Yeah. Uh, but can I can I mention something real quick? Yeah. Uh, Blue Jays, you you were right. I just looked up what we had. You had them in the ALCS. I had them in the World Series. All right. So yeah. uh, they got to turn this around to make us look uh, like we know anything what we're talking about. Uh, but you mentioned the Yankees. A fun stat, and I say this uh, as I'm an Orioles fan, but thirty uh, percent of the Yankees losses have come from the Baltimore Orioles. They only have 10 losses. Three of those are Baltimore, um, which is just mind boggling. But I I really think I really want to know how this is going to work out when they do the new schedules, Mm -hmm. because Logan, the Orioles have faced the Yankees a lot so far. They've done, I think three series, two in Baltimore, one in New York, and right after this Tampa Bay series, the Orioles go right back to the Bronx. Uh, Then we will not play them again until late August or September. So it really is like this weird thing. I feel like the Blue Jays have played them a lot already. Mm -hmm. Um, It took the Orioles a while to play the Red Sox. Uh, The Orioles haven't played Blue Jays yet. Like, I understand if they want to lean heavily into your division, but some of these ways it gets scheduled is just bizarre where like, you know, 14 of the 19 times we play the Yankees are, you know, in the first month of the season. And then from there we go into a long stretch of not having to face them. Mm -hmm. So while we look at the standings sometimes, especially the AL East, things can shift, right? Some people might look at that and say, well, the Yankees have faced the Orioles a lot. Uh, They swept them in the Bronx. They took three out of four against them here. They took one against the Orioles uh, earlier in this set. Um, Like, not in this set, but in another, uh, the first Easter area of the season. So that's a good chunk of wins that they're getting right there. So some people are going to have the doubt of how good they are. Um, 
because of balancing schedules. And does that mean the Orioles now get that out of the way and now they can rise above Boston in the standings because they don't have to face the Yankees again for a while and they're the best team in the division. Or, you know, uh, you know, it, it kind of I feel like this has happened a lot with a lot of divisions too. You know, just like when I turn on MLB.tv and I keep seeing the same matchups early in the season, hmm. it's kind of strange. Uh, I'm not sure why they work it out this way, if it's just the computer or if there's some sort of determination that this is how they actually want to do it. But I wonder how next year, when they go to a more a more even approach, if I, if we're still going to possibly have the first 10 of the 14 times we keys in the first month of the season and then not see them again for a while, I feel like it'd be better to kind of split those up across like the months, but... I know then you have to also weight it against other teams that you have to play. So I'm not envious of the schedule maker, but I just found it odd how this has happened so out of whack this season. Yeah, they've got – so on uh, on baseball reference, it's funny because they've got like a breakdown of the number of times that you guys have played. So far it's been 10. Um, you guys have another three-game set coming up. Yeah. So that will be 13 of the <laughs> – of your first – what I mean that you do, I don't even know how many games you first, like 50 so some games, yeah. right? So, you guys, right now, currently sit with where are the Orioles? Uh, you guys have 39 games played, and you're gonna have three more with the Yankees, and that'll be 13 games. But then it does like it kind of balances itself out because then the Yankees start to play some really strange uh matchups against different clubs. I yeah. mean, I know they got the Cubs coming up uh at the beginning of June. Um, I know they go out to or they play L.A. in uh, New York, um, the Angels. So they're getting some variety. But like you said, I, it'll be interesting to see. And I, and I always wonder this, Jordan, like how how does the schedule maker sit there and do this? Like it's got to be computer generated just because I think that it would be like, OK, well, let's match this up here and this up here. Well, that doesn't fit there and there. So it seems like it's got to be generated it's, by the computer. But. Yeah, I, I assume it's a formula of each team needs 81. Mm-hmm. Um, we need uh, 19 against, right? It's 19 or 18 against each division opponent. Mm-hmm. And then you have to play some other teams, and it just kind of like works it out. I think then it just computes all this stuff. But then they also have to make sure that they have certain parameters, right? Like Boston is always hosting – during the Boston Marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, they had already announced a year before the schedule release that Boston and the Orioles were going to play at the Little League Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, so they knew that they needed to have. I think the series is going to take place in Baltimore for the first two games, and then go to um, Williamsport. So the computer has to probably be sorting it out. And I think the people just probably dictate things, but I want to know if one of the things they dictate is like, let's load up the Yankees with the Orioles really early in the season. And then they'll never see them again until August. You know, like that's what I kind of wonder. Cause I feel like we've seen a lot of, um, here's something. I was just watching Dodgers Phillies in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they start a series in Philly tonight, LA Dodgers versus the Phillies. Uh, I'm going to the game tomorrow and Saturday. So, again, just kind of weird that they would do that because they're not even in the same division, but they're playing each other twice with a span mm-hmm. of one series in between them. It's just kind of 
kind of odd scheduling. Yeah, and then, I mean, you, you get the bad, like, so for instance, the Yankees are one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in baseball right now. So then Record the Orioles, wise, yeah. yeah. So then the Orioles have to play them. And, I, you know, it might be like, it might be because of the Orioles, the Yankees are so hot that they're, they're you know, their record's kind of inflated. But it could also Again, be. Again, though, we, we've won three of those. Uh, right. Ten. Right. Yeah. Three of the ten. That's yeah, three bad. of the ten. But, I, I mean, still, you get. It's not fair that the Orioles have to go through a stretch and then, you know, there might be a July stretch. And I, I mean, that's baseball, but like you have a July stretch where the Yankees play more like games against the Rays or something. And then it's like, well, that's, that sucks. Like it, you know, they're, they're really not good. And the, the Orioles are caught with a bad break because they've got to play them 13 times to start the season. So it, it is kind of wonky. Like at least spread it out. Like there's so many times where, you're, like you're right. Well, that or the one I really don't like is I don't like when they do the, um, and they do this in the inner city stuff. Like, so they'll do Cubs, White Sox at Wrigley, and then two games, Cubs, White Sox at um, mm-hmm. wherever they call it now. I don't even know what the guaranteed rate, I think. Um, but they, I don't like that. I don't like. They've kind of stopped doing that. They used to do that for the Nationals and the Orioles. Like, there'd be two games in National, in, in, in decent, mm-hmm. then two games at Orioles. And they would do that, like, in a four games set but it was mm-hmm. hosted at different places because i know they still do it with the cubs because i know there's games where we play the white Sox. i'm like why do we play the white Sox and then the white Sox again and then we'll have a series and then we'll play the white Sox again i'm like what what is happening <laughs> like how many times are we gonna play them? um but it is brutal uh, I, I just don't get and i'm excited to kind of see what a balanced schedule looks like just because i'm excited i think you and i were excited because we finally get to see NL teams play AL teams that we don't usually get to see. Like mm-hmm. we don't really get to see the Cubs play at Camden Yards. We don't get to see, you know, the Yankees visit Milwaukee a ton. Like it, it would just be a lot of fun to kind of see these teams visit places. Cause it's just so unique. The Cubs visiting Fenway was always fun for me or when we went to Yankee stadium or, you know, if we ever went down to Tropicana, like it was cool just to see a different ballpark. And you know, it's funny, Jordan, I was like playing the show and I'm like, this is one of my favorite parts of the show is like when I jump to a new series and I get to go play somewhere else and I'm like, oh, I love this or I get to go play in Anaheim or wherever it might be. That was be. the fun thing of uh, demanding trades for me. It's like, all right, what mm. stadium is going to be my home stadium yeah. this year? <laughs> Been on like which, three or four different teams now. Yeah, which dimensions do I like that I can hit 100 home runs or whatever your player hit that one time? Um, There. And Oakland, you don't want to bat there. No. I loved it in Miami. Miami had a nice left field that I was able to really crank them out on. I like so, Miami. Yeah. Pick, and then when I would ever, whenever I would visit Camden Yards, because this is before they pushed the wall back, man, I was cranking them out left field there too. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. What do we want to talk about next? Let's talk about – let's do the Brewers because – uh, as a Cubs fan, I've, I've been watching the division, obviously, and kind of looking at where teams lie. Um, and the Brewers, Jordan, uh, incredibly hot. And they were a team that we said if they're pitching, can pitch. Uh, and uh, the hitting can kind of find a way that it's – I think their hitting is the one that was, like, coming. I, I know their pitching was one of the best in the league last year, and it's become one of the better rotations uh, in the league um, year in and year out just because the Brewers seem to put it together some quality arms. Um, but when you really look at the, the the Brewers' run recently, it's been a kind of combination of both. Um, and I'd say their pitching really does uh, pretty well all the time, but their hitting has kind of come around. 
um, and kind of twofold. It's just gotten right back into kind of what it had been before. Um, and you look at the stats, I mean, you got guys like Christian Yelich finally starting to hit again. Um, not quite as high of an average, but is starting to make more contacts, drive runs in. Uh, Rowdy Tellez has been absolutely on fire. Um, he, you know, not a high average guy, but he does drive in a lot of runs. Um, but again, it all comes down to that pitching. Their pitching staff uh, ends up being one of the best pitching staffs uh, in this league. And, and they've got guys like Corbin Burns pitching well. Um, Eric Lauer's pitched pretty well um, this season. And their bullpen's always been solid. Uh, Hader hasn't given up and run in 13 and third inning. Um, but the Brewers just, I mean, starting to kind of stomp through the NL Central. Um, and Jordan, I think a, an NL Central that uh, has proven to be pretty weak because I think the Pirates, the Cubs, uh, and the Reds, just not very good teams. Um, but the Cardinals, you know, got to compete with them. Yeah, I think what I find the most interesting right now at, when I look at the Brewers is that they've only played five games against teams that are above 500. Mm-hmm. And they're two and three in those. So what I find interesting about that is obviously you can't choose who you play, right? how good they are. So, yeah, you take the wins where you can. But it seems like most of their wins, uh, 22 of their wins are against teams under five, which is kind of just mind boggling. Uh, when you look at the other teams in that division, St. Louis is eight and 10 uh, with teams to get uh, above 500. Pittsburgh's four and 11, the Cubs six and 11, Cincinnati three and 16. All of them have played way more games against teams above 500. I assume some of those games are against the Brewers who were above 500, but um, they're four games up. That's great. But in their last 10, they're five and five. So I'm still mm-hmm. not really sold on them. I think they'll be fine. I do. But, uh, you know, just looking at their last 10, looking at the record above fi- against teams above 500, they haven't really been tested yet. It seems um, I mean, you look at teams like the Dodgers, they're six and one above 500 um, Yankees, nine and four. All of these teams that I'm looking at have played way more games, way more teams above 500, except for like San Diego, who's two and four. The Rockies are three and six. Everybody else has played like tons more games against teams that are above 500. The Mets are eight and three. So just something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying it means anything. They mm-hmm. got a nice series against the Nationals coming up here this week. Uh, that is obviously a team that is not above 500. So that's going to add to that stat of they're not going to add to the two and three this weekend uh, because of that. But, hey, they're going to probably be able to s- probably get close to a sweep of the Nats, I would assume. Um, it is a home series for the Brewers as well. But they're actually pretty even home and away. 12 and 5 at home, 12 and 9 on the road. So I'm not even so much sure that that's going to be a factor for them to beat Washington anyway. But just an interesting stat that they've only played five games against teams above 500. And just keeping an eye on that. Maybe St. Louis can make up some ground later on because of that. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're the Brewers, just keep on trucking. Beat the Nats, sweep them, and you're golden. I think it's an interesting point too to bring up. Like when you said it earlier, 76 games against your division when you're playing three teams that are towards the bottom of the NL. Like, I mean, that that's a huge plus. And the Cardinals kind of hovering around that 500 mark. And 
the Cardinals, uh, they've done that in the last couple of years, but they've just early in the season, they just kind of hover. Uh, they've never really, they never come out of gauge strong, but they always go on these like runs. I know last year, I think they went on some kind of run where it was like 18 or 19 straight or something crazy. And it was like, uh, they're just running through the league and they, they get on these nice little spurts where they gain, you know, ground on the Brewers and the Brewers kind of fold um, easily. But I mean, if you look at the Brewers, you know, what I was shocked about Jordan, like they, they're pretty high up there in the OPS um, across the league. They're like in the top 10. Um, but then if you go over there to, to their actual like stats and stuff, like their averages, their highest average uh, in their starting lineup right now. Um, and it, you know, they've got a, kind of a platoon situation there with Victor Caratini and Navarre. And, and how do you say that? Narvaez, I think that's how you say it. Um, but you've got, him with 253, but the next one's 250 and Hunter Renfro. Um, and then after that, it goes to 246. I mean, the guys aren't like crushing the ball um, and their slugging is not like that high compared to some of these other teams. But I mean, their on-base percentage is pretty decent, but it, it's not like the guys are just like this offense isn't like a potent offense. And one of their best players is on the IL. Like it, you've got Andrew McCutcheon as one of their best offensive players. This team, I mean, if you look at, they're such a lackluster offense. I think that's where they're really going to struggle later on in the season if they don't add a batter to. Just because I don't, I just don't know with them. And, and before we move on from the Brewers, I looked at their schedule. All right, so they started off against the Cubs, above five hundred. Then mm-hmm. they went to Baltimore. Then they went to Saint. Uh, then they faced St. Louis. Two wins against St. Louis in a four-game set. That's two of the wins that are above teams that are five, 500 or above. They sweep the Pirates, who are not above 500. They take two out of three against the Phillies, who are not above 500. They um, Do they play one game against the Giants on the set, Monday 25th? That sounds right, because I think they had some kind of... Makeup or something yeah. for one of the games that were canceled earlier in the season, I guess. Mm-hmm. That okay, so they lost that game. That is a team that's above 500. That's their third loss. Those are the five games, Logan, they've played above 500 because then you have the Pirates again, the Cubs again, the Reds, the Braves, the Reds, the Marlins, back to the Braves. And now they face the Nationals after the Nat, a run of teams like the Padres the Cardinals, and then back to the Cubs before facing the Padres again. So they're going to start getting a little bit more tough teams, but they don't face like the Mets until mid-June. Then they face more Cincy, more Philly, more St. Louis, Toronto in June, Tampa Bay in June. But then they're back to the Pirates and the Cubs and the Pirates. I mean, they have a pretty – it's not really until mid June and July that they're really going to start hitting any more teams that are above 500, which is just, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do they end out their season? They feel like they've played almost all their division opponents. Then they July, they have to face Cincy again and Pittsburgh again and Cubs again, and then Cubs again, and then Pittsburgh again. And then the Reds again, this is crazy. They face the Yankees in late September and the Mets in late September for a six game homestand against the New York teams. And then they're back to Cincy, then St. Louis, Miami and diamondbacks. I mean, 
okay, they're probably not going to lose the Central looking at this, just yeah. looking at their schedule. Yeah. That's a pretty cupcake schedule for the Brewers, that they should be as good as they are right now. But just crazy that they're not going to face like – now some of these teams might increase to above yeah. 500 by the time they play them, but just looking at some of the teams they have to play right now, they, they got it pretty good. Yeah, no, you're Sorry, not wrong. Brewers fans, if you feel like we're going in on you right now. But I'm just looking at uh, – I mean, I don't know if I've seen an easier schedule right now. Like, this is pretty darn good. I, like I said, eventually they'll have to get back to facing the Giants, the Padres. Dodgers. We'll see how good Toronto and Tampa is against them. But, like, the Mets is mid-June. The yeah, Padres is early June, so mm-hmm. they'll have a little bit of run in there, and Padres are next week as well. But, yeah, just crazy. they got a tough August, it looks like, um, once they get out. Yeah. Of There's a time where they play Cincinnati, but they play Tampa at home, and playing in Milwaukee is a, a beast of its own just because it's such a difficult place to play. they got such good fans. It's hard to play there indoors, especially with a team that doesn't play there often. But then they, they go to the Cardinals. They've got the Dodgers for four. They go to Chicago, which they don't typically play well in Chicago. And then they play the Dodgers. So they kind of have like a rough end of the uh, – but then you're right, though. Like after that, it's like, okay, well, then they've got the New York teams. But, I mean, they've got teams below them. They've got the Diamondbacks. Um, they got one of the best pitching staff. So, you, you know, it's not like these games are going to be that fun. To, I mean, it really is brutal. for It's fun for, I guess, Milwaukee fans just because it's going to be – think a pretty relatively easy schedule to kind of go through um but again I, it really does help i mean this division is really bad uh, and i can't state that enough the cubs have been awful um just don't have any pitching uh they're hitting i want to ask you about that what yeah is it just pitching or what, what's going on with the cubs i mean i know that they didn't have like a great lineup when we looked at it right yeah. but they were they were starting to get going and then it seems like they've just been like what is their yeah last ten is six and four mm-hmm. so that's not bad but I know right before that last ten there was a pretty rough stretch yeah it's been a tough stretch just I, I think it's been a combination of things they've got they've had some weird injuries um, the guys that you know they they've had uh, Stroman go out with COVID um, it's never really officially announced um, but they've got guys like that Schwartz has been awful Patrick Wisdom's been uh, better than he had been but he's been kind of a, a shaky person this year um Ian Happ I mean the strikeouts are a concern with the Cubs they always have been and they they were one of the lower teams and strikeouts and then all of a sudden it was just like they I mean they're all the way up towards the top now in strikeouts they just don't get on mm-hmm. base a ton and that, that's been a big issue with the Cubs and we and I've talked about this a lot um with my dad and, and you can kind of see it through the Cubs community is just the fact that I mean, this is a team that we thought was going to make more contact, but they've ended up being one of the worst contact teams right now. Um, and it's just been a combination of that. It's also a combination of not having an owner that, and, you know, we can complain all we want, but um, it really is an owner that just doesn't seem to want to throw money at things. And, you know, we did, we, we had a better off season than I thought we would. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to kind of see how Jed Hoyer plays with that, but We've had some really bad injuries in our minor league system too. Braylon, Mar- Braylon Marquez, who's one of our best uh, young pitchers, he's been out um, hurt. Ed Howard, one of our freak shortstops, going to be out for the season. Um, blew out, I think it was a quad, I want to say. It was bad. Um, and so that that's going to be a big – or no, it was a hip. Uh, he blew out a hip, and that's not good. Um, just it, Things just seem to be falling apart at the seams. 
Um, Suzuki's not been as crazy good as he had been. Um, but again, I, I think with the Cubs, it's just, it's a combination. We just, we don't have any starting pitching. So once that goes south, it's like, oh God, this is going to be a long season. Um, and it's not been great. So just lost today, like 10 to five. Yeah. It's a so. lot of things. It's not, it's not good. Kyle Hendricks is not anywhere near what he uh, had been in the past. Um, he has games where he looks like old Kyle, but it's most just bad games. And I think at this point, they're just going to look at somebody and go, does anybody want, you know, uh, a starter that could be maybe, you know, a four or five guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, even looking at Suzuki's stats, right, I'm just looking at that real mm-hmm. quick. 248 average with an 803 OPS. That's still pretty yeah. darn good. Second highest OPS on the team. Contreras mm-hmm. with the highest. So that's pretty interesting, but yeah, I heard what. So Swindle got called down. Got called yeah. sent down at a time, right? Why he got he got sent down? Um, so this he had was fourteen fun. RBI right now. So I'm trying to figure right. out why he got sent down to get called back up like a week later. So the fun thing with with Frank was that he got called down, and they said that he and it was like it was more like he just he just wasn't hitting anything. Like it just feels it felt like he was just climbing a hill um, that he just couldn't make contact. He wasn't hitting the ball very hard, um, and then. Uh, we, you know, we've got guys that do hit the ball uh, in that position. Um, when you're talking about first base, you're talking about a guy um, in uh, God, why is he? Alfonso Rivas that that's played pretty well uh, when he's played um, and when he gets more consistent at bats, he he's got some pop. Um, with Frank though, it, it was more of like he just wasn't getting back to the point where he, they wanted him last, like where he was last year. He's actually started to hit a little bit better since they kind of so they sent him down. But he had issues with his car. And then I think it was like a COVID situation or an IL situation. Um, we had to send, uh, I think it was Nico Horner or maybe it was Michael mm-hmm. Aramisio. Um, But, I mean, we've got guys all over the DL right now um, or IL. Um, but he was on his way back down to Iowa and his car broke down. They just brought him back. They're like, yeah, come back. Um, oh, we kind of need you. Uh, and now he's playing again. And, and he's played pretty well since he's gotten that kind of message that he was going to be sent down. And Ross was like, yeah, you know, sending him down and actually having him try to figure out what's going on down there might be a better thing. Um, I just, I'm just afraid that if you send him down, then that's the end of Frank Schwindel. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, he's not young uh, by any stretch of the mean. Yeah. 30 uh, years old. Yeah, now. He's 30. So it's you know, late. That's bloomer. about the age Adley is going to appear at if they don't call him <laughs> up soon. So all sorts of problems with the Cubs, the IL situation. They've got a bunch of injured guys. Yeah, looks Jason like Hayward's uh, just not any good. And Ian Habs. Eh, and I don't know. Just not. A, it's just not a good lineup. And like they played pretty well to start, but now it's just gone really south. So it's tough. But. Oh, do you think they right. finish above the Reds still? Or um, yeah, I still think okay. they'll finish above the Reds, but I, I maybe not by much now. I mean, I, I'm starting to think. Yeah, they're only the like Pirates. A four games different now. Yeah, the Pirates look better than us, so that's what's scary. They, at least the Pirates have a lot of good young talent that they are looking forward to. Yeah, because, yeah, man, it's just been one after the other after the other, and our guys are so young that it's not like we can call people up. It'll be a couple of years before you see some of those guys. So. That's what's going on in Cubland, but uh, let's talk about some more positive things. Well, I guess positive, but not so positive. Let's talk about the Mets, Jordan, because I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, God, talk about a big hole they're they're feeling. Uh, I mean, it, it's got to be like the world is just against them right now. Um, Max Scherzer, six to eight weeks with an oblique strain. 
Uh, McGill's out hurt, and Jacob Degrom didn't get great news on his, you know, tread back towards, uh, you know, pitching in big games and pitching with the team. So that's three guys, and, and McGill's had a really good season uh, in place of those two that have, you know, they've kind of bounced back on fourth off the IL. Um, but Jordan, is this is this one of those things that uh, could spell some some trouble for the for the Mets, or do you think they'll be all right with what they've got currently? I think they'll be all right. I have a lot of faith in the Mets, and that's mostly because of Buck Showalter. We talked about it a lot here. Look, a pitcher is every five days, right? So I'm not mm-hmm. too concerned about that. I do think it'll be a next man up uh, mentality. But also another part of my faith is in Steve Cohen, who's probably going to go out there and approve uh, making some big trades or whatever he has to approve (laughs) to get a pitcher who's on the market soon to cover for if DeGrom doesn't come back on time Mm -hmm. or if Scherzer has an extended amount because trade deadline's already like, what, early August, late July. So that's only two months away, Mm -hmm. uh, which means, uh, yeah, I could totally see them going and making a swing in a big trade or something because this is their year. This year and the next, what, three are probably their best window as it currently stands if you're going to have players like Scherzer and DeGrom on a World Series winning roster. This is your windows like two to three years. So I, I think Steve Cohen feels that, and I think he's going to want to make uh, whatever trade he can and approve any sort of expenditure uh, for the GM to go out there and make those trades. And I just think Buck, the way that Buck is with uh, kind of massaging personalities and stuff, I I think they'll be okay. They're seven games up still on the next team in the NL East. None of these teams have turned it on whatsoever. We have somehow the Phillies in in second. Uh, they were flirting with fourth for a while. They're 18 and 20. Miami, 17 and 20. And then Atlanta, the World Series champions, Logan, 17 and 21 in fourth place mm-hmm. in the East. They're eight games back of the Mets. So one of those three would really have to go on a tear. And I'm not confident Miami would be able to keep it up once the Mets are healthy. In fact, I'm not actually sure any of these teams will be able to keep it up once the Mets are healthy. Maybe the Braves, if they can really finally turn things around. But I'm not so high on the Phillies anymore. I'm going to get a real close-up close, close up of the Phillies tomorrow, which I'm really excited about, too. I just want to see Castellanos deep drive the left field. But I also want to, <laughs> you know, get kind of like uh, my own, like, I have games on TV, but I'd like to see the game in person and figure out what is their issue. If they don't, if Logan, if they don't finish in a good spot this year, the Phillies, it's time for Joe Girardi to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was kind of shielded by the Yankees for a bit, but he hasn't really done much with this team. Expectations were sky high this year. That their their pitching looked better than we had thought. Uh, the bullpen had pretty okay numbers. And then the thing that we were all worried about was the defense, but I don't even think that's been as much of a problem as some of the players just not producing. I don't know. I think it would be time for him to go. And uh, cause you don't want to waste prime Bryce Harper. 
Right. Who's by the way playing with a torn like UCL, but he's still mm-hmm. smashing home runs. It's amazing what he can do. So um, I think the Mets will be okay, just because I think the rest of the division is 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 not great right now. And if they haven't turned it on yet, I'm kind of wondering when they'll turn it on at all. Now the Braves turned it on late last year as well, but a lot of that had to do with trade moves that they were making. And I'm leaning more towards the Mets are going to be the ones later in the year yeah it's kind of an interesting division um just because you you know you got the Mets with some with mounting uh injury issues and pitching issues are really tough because this could like it could take over the season just absolutely destroy you um I would say though Jordan I'd say that that's better than having like you said your everyday DH go down with a you know a tour labor or whatever it might be that Bryce Harper might eventually have to miss the whole season for um, because it does seem like he's going to start to kind of accumulate more time off. I know he's not playing against the Dodgers um, because that was announced, but I mean, I feel like the Mets, if anybody right now, I feel like you can make a trade for a starting pitcher or two and kind of get back on the rails a little bit. And once these guys start to kind of trickle back in, because I don't think the Grom, the Grom one uh, that I, I think, you know, you'd be a little bit more concerned about, but I, I think with Scherzer's, uh, like an oblique strain is typically healed pretty well. Um, and I, I think with some time off, like that just seems to be a rest thing more so than anything else. Cause once you get an oblique strain, it, while it is, you know, lengthy, I think rest, it's not something that it's an ongoing problem, but like with the Grom, I, I think that's more concerning just because he keeps having those setbacks and those setbacks are like pitchers bodies saying, yeah, this isn't right. Something's not right. Um, yeah, he immediately motioned. Yeah. Well, I I just want to say something real, real quick about yeah, Bryce ahead. Harper. Yeah. He is confirmed to be out today's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girardi says they're going to shoot for tomorrow. They're taking uh, it was a, an injection he got in his elbow on Sunday. They gotcha. thought it would only keep him out till Wednesday, but he missed Thursday and Friday as well. So they're hoping that'll come in. He took some swings today, so they feel like he is pretty close. So they don't feel like they put him on the I.O. But they're one in three in games that he have missed. And this is where we're talking about how this can be, affect you more when it's your everyday age. And now that the NL has a DH, it's pretty good. Uh, but he was – here's how hot he was, right? He was 18 for 36. That's batting 500 in nine-game stretch with seven doubles, five home runs, 12 RBIs, and 11 runs scored. Um, the Phillies have only scored seven runs in the four games without uh, Harper right now. And you have Cassianos, who is five for his last four. Schwarber is five for his last 37. And Real Muto, one of the best-hitting catchers right now, is one for his last 20. Hmm. His average is down to 230. So he was actually up there for a bit before that stretch. Um, and I read all of that stuff off NBCSports.com slash Philadelphia for an article today. I don't want you to think I just had those stats lined up. But I don't know, man. This is uh, – I know part of it is injuries, and they've made these signings that maybe haven't, like we said earlier at the top of the show, haven't been putting their the team – but I, I think part of it has to be, you know, Girardi aren't getting enough from these guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also the Braves face the Marlins today. So uh, this weekend. So they're kind of even with each other right now, 17 and 20, 17 and 21. This is a chance for Atlanta to go on like a three game run and try to leap back over them. 
I was going to say, I was going to give you a couple teams here. Uh, and you tell me which one I think is more concerning. Uh, and, and I know one, I think it might be the obvious one, but if you're, if you're a team currently, and I'm going to give you a couple here, which one are you most concerned about? Boston Red Sox are 16 and 22. You've got the Philadelphia Phillies at 18 and 20. The Braves at 17 and 21. Um, and I guess if I really wanted to, I could throw Seattle in, but I think last year it was kind of just a really good year. Um, but let's just stick with the three Braves, Phillies, Red Sox. Who's in the most trouble? Who do you like the most? Like who, who could make the, the move that you think and who might be just kind of that average team and they might just be what they, what they're presenting as the current situation. Who are the teams other than the Red Sox? Red, Red Sox. Sox, Braves, Phillies. Which one are you most concerned about? Which one are you least concerned about? Um, and which one's just kind of that middle? Probably most concerned about the Phillies. I do think Boston will be able to turn it around a bit, not too much. They look, they're Boston. I'm not too worried about them, but <laughs> yeah, but, uh, what you mean is, you know, obviously who you, I'm more worried of schedule wise and, and if they'll actually meet expectations again with people not meeting expectations, Trevor story went a long stretch without even hitting a home run. Now he's been a little hot lately. He hit like two or three home runs yesterday or whatever. Yeah. He had like a but seven he, RBI game or something. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Two thirty average mm-hmm. um, for a That's second baseman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rob Bobby Dalback is only batting 165. Like Enrique Hernandez, Kike Hernandez, 177. Jackie Bradley, 193. None of these guys are hitting right now, mm-hmm. except for Bogarts, who we talked about, like what on the third, right? Yeah. Devers and JD. Those are still their three big hitters that are batting 330 plus right now mm-hmm. everybody else is in the ones and the twos not not great and when i say twos i mean low twos up to 230 that's the other highest that's trevor story everybody else is below 230 or they're at that 330 up so i'm kind of worried about them um their pitching hasn't been great when you look at uh starting pitching uh, their ERAs are, you know, in the fours. Uh, who was it? Eovaldi or Pavetta just got lit up the other day in the first inning uh, or second inning. It was brutal. But none of their pitchers have a win, um, like a wins right now, except for Michael Waka, who's on the IL. Uh, when we look at Phillies kind of talked enough about them braves so the reason why i'm more concerned about the phillies overall is because i really feel like this was look they went out there and they made sure they spent money it's not doing anything uh they have the added dh which you would think okay we can fit one of these guys in but now you have bryce kind of injured he hasn't missed too many games so like five if he can come back tomorrow but I'm not sure they're going to have the tools to make big moves in the summer to get bumped up. I'm more, I'm more thinking the Braves with how deep they are and with Acuna back, like that they're going to be able to really probably turn it around. And we've seen them make moves last summer. I think they have more probably prospects that are. It seems like the Phillies don't want to let go of their prospects. We had talked about, I forget who they were in the talks to trade for in 
spring training, but that fell through due to them not wanting to give up their number one or two prospect. Matt says, who's our resident Philly fan, that they don't like getting rid of their prospects. So if they don't aren't willing to move the capital to get a big name either hitter or a better pitcher into their rotation to help out and make this climb up the East, then I'm more worried about them because then you're looking at Girardi probably getting fired if they underperform. Where does that leave the GM? He's the one that brought them in. What's his status? And then you're looking at a, just a perpetual rebuild. Like I said, during a time where it's just Bryce Harper's prime and Cassianos's prime and all these players that you've brought in that now you're losing that window. So I, that's why I'm more worried for them. Boston will keep spending money or they'll promote their prospects, whatever. They'll be fine. Braves, they just won a World Series last year, so I'm not too concerned about them. They'll make moves if they need to. But, yeah, most concerned about the Phillies. Yeah, it's like the perfect collision, too, of players. Like it, 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 What I was hesitant about with the Phillies, uh, and I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the biggest thing with the Phillies is that you you collect all these guys on pretty big contracts. I mean, you got Gene Sakura on a five-year. You've got uh, Gregorius, who's currently still on a two. You've got Castellanos on a five, and that's brand new. Kyle's on a four. That's brand new. JT uh, Realmuto, who I think is arguably one of the best catchers, like that makes sense. Bryce Harper's still on that 13 mil, or thirteen year, $330 million. Um, so if that goes south, that's not good. Um, but it's just like the Phillies are like just like this collection of players that they hope played well together. And while I will not argue and say that they, they do tend to have a lot of slugging, uh, they don't really get on base a ton. They don't like a lot of that's made up in the slugging category. Um, and they rely heavily on those bats getting hot. And like you said, Jordan, like some of these guys that they went out and signed, they just didn't aren't performing to really high standards. And when you're not, it's glaringly obvious because of how much money you spent. And then you said it, like, if you're not going to get rid of some of these prospects, you're not going to get a top of the line starter. They don't have like that top of the line guy. Like Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, if I'm running them out there, I'm going, okay, yeah, I'm not very confident in winning a game or two. So I don't know. Like the Phillies situation, I, I, I kind of want to sit there and go, you know, I want to be the first one out there and say, hey, you know, this might not be a great team. This might just be one of those teams that just collects people and it never really kind of pans out just because they're just throwing money at people. And there's a lot of teams that try this that, you know, let's just throw some money and hope it goes well. Yeah, third. That sounds about we had, right. We, we had them third, and that probably still seems right. Yeah. They're second right now. Logan, I don't know if you have their averages up, but do you know with Bryce Harper out who their highest batting average is right now? I'm going to guess Real Muto. Alec Bohm, 300. Really? Gene Segura, 294. Gregorius, before he was on the ILs, 288. Uh, but you have Castellanos batting 271. Kyle Schwarber, 189. I mean, that's that's crazy. Do you have any strikeouts Kyle Schwarber has? 100? <laughs> no. Uh, probably closer to 50. Almost nailed it. 49. Okay. 40 season is so young. Yeah. He's got 49 strikeouts. Castellano, Hoskins has 44. Uh, I mean, Bryce has 33, but that's still 
much better. I mean, Bryce's OPS was 994. Uh, the only person that comes close to that is Gene Segura mm-hmm. on uh, the, the, the players that are available right now. Yeah, so I'm kind of worried about them. Pitching-wise, uh, you know, they're in the threes ERA. So they're doing fine pitching right now. When it comes to the starters, uh, it's just, you know, some of the bats are not there. What's their record against teams above 8 and 11? And I saw a, right. I saw a really funny stat earlier. Let me see if I can pull it up. I don't I can't fact check this right now. Uh but this was from a Phillies fan, so I feel like I have to check this real quick. Um it was a stat of how many games like their their record in the last few games that they've played uh go ahead and talk i'll see if i can find it yeah i mean and like going back to what you said about kyle i mean that's what you expect like that's what cub fans knew like cub fans know he's gonna hit his home runs but when he doesn't hit home runs he strikes out and that's really it like that's what you get from him um jordan also another thing to kind of point out as far as defensive uh, efficiency they're bottom of the league almost they're bottom third of the league um, in defensive efficiency, which means that their defense is, um, while it might not be glaringly obvious that they're making mistakes, it's, it's glaringly obvious that the routes in which they take and, and different things that, sorry, bottom five, um, the teams below them, the White Sox, which makes sense as to why the White Sox aren't as good um, this year, but just routes they take, runs that they can't, you know, cut down because of defensive issues that they have. Um, so they're just not a good defensive team. And we knew that going in just because there's a highlight reel. If you haven't seen it, go look at the highlight reel from spring training. It kind of gives you, it sums up what exactly the Phillies are defensively. What's the fun fact? You got it? All right. Yeah. The Phillies are 10 and 10 in their last 20 games, 25 and 25 in their last 50 games, and 100 and 100 in their last 200 games. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. That was from this morning. Uh, a Phillies fan account posted that named uh, John Foley at 2008 Phils. And his he's got 15,000 followers and his bio is a sort of Phillies nonsense. So I'm assuming he did the research, but uh, as a Phillies fan, but that is you know, <laughs> perpetual 500 ball in the last yeah. 200 games. So that's not great. And especially with the amount of money they're spending. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Average is not good, and average in Philadelphia is really not good. They they will take that team apart by the seams, uh, those teams, um, those fans. But um, I guess the last thing on your notes, uh, Jordan, you were talking about stadium talk because I guess there's a bunch of stadium talk going on in the AL. Like you kind of fill us in on what's going on over there because it sounds like a lot of complaining about different fields. I can introduce you to another field called Wrigley Field. I'm sure that. Uh, Yankees and Orioles and everybody else that wants to play over there have some complaints about them. So, but go ahead, Jordan. What, what are the complaints? So Texas Rangers played a series um, in New York and uh, they were upset. Chris Woodward, the manager made a comment about how they play at a little league ballpark <laughs> because of how short right field porches Um and uh, the walk-off that the Yankees had hit against them went to right field, but it was several rows deep still. And he mentioned that, and he was upset about that. And uh, it came off just kind of real condescending and just idiotic because one of his players had hit a home run that barely crossed the fence earlier that game 
to tie the game up. So if you're saying their run shouldn't count, then yours wouldn't have either. So not really sure what he gets there. But my point is with stadiums, right? We all know the dimensions when we go into them. So I thought it was stupid that he was complaining about Yankee Stadium. And I get upset whenever Oriole fans are complaining about Yankee Stadium because it's both teams can take advantage of that right field porch. Now, I find it funny because Yankees got really defensive. They got really like, oh, blah, 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 right? And guess what? Then they go to Baltimore and they throw a fit that they can't hit one over the left field wall that the Orioles just pushed back and made taller. By the way, Aaron Judge comes out and says that this is some sort of create a ballpark thing, like a video game, right? The, the new left field and stuff. He's like, mm-hmm. this is, they made this beautiful ballpark into a crate of ballpark or whatever he said. And you know why he was complaining? Cause one of his balls that would have been a home run last year and a home run in 29 other parks was a double, but he also had hit two other home runs that game. Hmm. Why are you complaining? You already hit two. My point being is, one, and then I saw all these Yankee fans complaining about the field. After they were just defending their field for being too Mm. short, they're upset this one's too long. And my point is, you know the dimensions going into it. And also, it's not your ballpark. So step off. Mm -hmm. I don't care if the Yankees or the Yankee fans like the Oriole ballpark. You know why? Because that's my ballpark. I don't care. You shouldn't have a say in it. And then, you know, the, the... talking baseball account puts out yesterday that you know because mancini said he you know none of the hitters like it Mm -hmm. obviously and they said why wouldn't they have consulted their all-star who represented them in the home run derby last year and i said and you know this wasn't seen at all because nobody cares but i said to it why would they consult trey mancini when he's not even going to be on the team in the future when this is really relevant right uh, as much as that sucks for all the Trey Mancini fans like myself and the Oriole fans, he's gone by the end of the year. So why would we ever consult him on the length of the wall? He's not going to be here for it. I don't care. It's our wall. Let it go. Guess what? It's hurt the Orioles as well, but mm. it's made for more doubles. It made for more uh, triples. It's It's making for... A lot more balls in play, which is kind of the whole point of it, but also not to hurt the pitching staff as much. And it's been working. So rant over. Care about your own stadium. Stop complaining about all the other stadiums because that's what's beautiful about Logan. All the fields are different dimensions. Mm -hmm. The outfield is all different. I like that about it. Yeah, it makes the game unique. Uh, it makes our ballparks fun. It, those quirky things, like the the Cubs have that those weird in the corners, it dips out and it goes back. There's so many mm-hmm. balls that are caught back there because of that. There's so many balls that go into the basket. That's what makes it fun. There's so many balls that that hit up against um, that right field board in Philadelphia or in Colorado or the big the green monster uh, in left field in Boston or up onto the short porch in the Yankee Stadium. Like that's what makes it fun. Um, and like you said, I think it it definitely adds intrigue to the game because you just never know. Like it, on a given day, I mean, wind's blowing in, coming up off of Kobe Cove over in San Francisco where it's just blowing completely straight in and knocking balls down or balls launched into the bay and the canoers and kayakers and everybody else are jumping into it. 
Um, just makes the game more fun. And I hate when people complain about ballparks. It's like they think we can change things. Like it's like, oh, well, we get we can give him a home run because that'd have been a home run in his ballpark um, kind of thing. I don't get why players. It was never one thing I complained about. Honestly, the only thing I ever complained about is field considered was when the field was not in good shape because it just it doesn't play mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll complain about that because that's annoying. Um, not for well, I just keep seeing comments like, oh, they took the best ballpark in the world and made it the worst. And I'm like, you're being so hyperbolic. This uh-huh. wall barely has changed anything. For the first like three series, there's barely any ball hit over there. Right. So, you know, and then people would still make comments about it. But, what you know, they show stats like this year, Cannon Yards averages one home run a game. Last year, it averaged three. Mm-hmm. Well, is that taking into account that they deadened the ball? I mean, there's many other factors than just the wall is what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's everything. All right. Looking at the other divisions, uh, the twins and the Astros doing their thing in the AL central and AL West. Um, The angels though, Jordan still up there. Like uh, it's been a couple weeks since we talked, the angels still playing good baseball, um, getting good pitching, um, getting good hitting. I, I mean, there's a lot to kind of like about the angels, right? Joe Madden has had success with teams. Um, maybe that were the underdogs in certain situations. Um, I know he was really good with the Rays at that, at, with, with that case. Um, and the angels, man, they, they've got one of the best. They got the top two offenses in the league um, in behind the Yankees uh, and just above the Dodgers hitting grand slams. Like every right? day it felt like last week. Oh yeah. No, every time that you were like <laughs> tweeting something or like liking something, it was a, a grand slam from the angels, um, which is yeah. a lot of fun, but I mean, gosh, guys are just absolutely raking Taylor Ward at three seventy five, um, Mike Trout at three twenty, uh, Brandon Marsh at two eighty two. Um, just, uh, they've got guys that can hit the baseball. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be cool when some of these other guys start to kind of turn around. Shohei's not hitting, quite as well but he's still you know above 253 which is pretty decent um but i mean this angels team is fun to watch and i know you get to watch more of the games than i do with the angels because it's way past my bedtime um, but i know you're able to catch some of the games and so what are your thoughts i mean angels are they are they are they contenders are they real are these guys the, the real deal because it feels like week in and week out we continue to talk about them but can we now that we're sitting here getting closer to june consider them the actual contenders in the al east or sorry west I would hope so. They're above yeah. 600. So I feel pretty good about them. Um, and the reason I say why I'd hope so is because if they don't, then the division is Austin, uh, Houston's. Uh, mm-hmm. I almost said Austin's. Uh, that's could be Austin's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it goes to Houston then because guess what, Logan? This is a surprising thing I should have mentioned earlier, I guess. Texas has leapfrog Seattle. Yeah. Uh, they're even on almost. Uh, they're even on wins, but Seattle has more losses than Texas and Texas. It started off really, really bad, but Seattle is not the team we thought they were, I guess uh, mm-hmm. we thought they'd be able to put together some of their young stars and make more of a run. Jared Kelnick gets sent down to triple a mm-hmm. uh, things not looking good for him right now. Some people are already calling him a bust for me. It seems a little too early still, but you know, it, if the angels can't get it together, then run away with it. Houston, who's seven and three in their last 10 and nine and seven above teams, uh, teams against teams that are above 500. And guess what? They're 
performing right to their X wins and losses, 25 mm. and 14. Angels underperforming that. They're supposed to be 25 and 15 if you look at the X rate um, for expected wins and losses. Um, so I hope the Angels are okay. Because one, I want to see Trout in the playoffs. I want to see Otani in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that is what we need for baseball you know uh the faces of our sport to be able to be actually in meaningful games Mm -hmm. at this end of the year and you know taylor ward who's been tearing it up too i'd love to see him and he's batting 375 with a 1.209 ops right now (laughs) uh so love to see that uh he's got nine home runs to trout's 11 shohei's got eight um just wanting to see our stars in, in the playoffs. So I do hope that they're for real because um, if things take a turn, then the West is going to get pretty boring when last. Yeah, I, I do. I want to see the angels compete. I want to see Joe do well. Uh, I love watching Joe manage sometimes other times he's frustrating as hell, but for the most part, he's a, he's like a fun he guy. Walks a guy. Yeah. Who bases loaded. Yeah. Um, there's times though with Joe, you're just like, I love Joe. And then there's times where you're just like, can he be any worse? Um, so he's an interesting guy. He's a very uh, unique person, an interesting way to manage the game. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we're pretty much caught up. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, Jordan, there's more teams that are, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's just cause I'm like sitting here looking at all these teams and going, man, there's a lot of average teams right now. Like there's, there's, Really good divisions in the NL West and the AL East, but then you look at the other divisions, man, and they're just so subpar right now. And I think that, you know, maybe the AL East and NL West are taking advantage of those weaker teams because they're beating and pounding all the other ones into the ground. Um, so just two heavy hitting divisions, um, and two division. I think we thought had the chance to be really good, right? I mean, we thought the AL East, pretty good chance the World yeah. Series winner comes out of there. We thought the NL West, because of how good the Dodgers are and how good we thought the Padres could be if they could just hold on, um, which it looks like they And they even might, the, Giants, knows, the Giants, the right? Giants have been good still. Right. To have a um, third-place team, Logan, that's 22-15 and 15 mm-hmm. is, is pretty good right now. Right. Um, that's better than the AL East. That's better than any other division. Um, yeah. They have, and actually, to have four teams with twenty wins in that NL West is pretty great. Yep. But just, I mean, it, but it does it seem like the other divisions are so like blah? Like, uh, just, yeah, the Central's boring. Both Centrals for both I mean, Centrals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Twins are kind of hot and cold. Yeah. <laughs> at times, I mean, the White Sox are starting to come up because Minnesota hasn't really been able to put anything away. They're five and five in their last right. ten. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think like the Guardians, Kansas City, and Detroit are going to be scuffling towards the bottom. I, yes. Both centrals are very similar. They've got yep. two teams that I think are going to fight um, for the division. They're going to go up almost down, identical up down, up records. Down. Yep. And then the bottom three teams are three of the worst teams in that league. So <laughs> it's it's brutal. I mean, it, it's brutal out there for the Central. Um, you're not watching any good baseball when you're watching in the Midwest. So just a really tough stretch. Uh, It'll be interesting to kind of see how it shakes. I love how baseball shakes out sometimes, though, because you get you 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 have these teams that go on these runs. Sometime in June, you always have a couple teams go hot in the summer as it heats up, um, and then you'll have those you know August runs and September runs. But right now, man, all all of the AL East and AL West 
would still be above Kansas City and Detroit if they were in the Central. <laughs> Every single team. So, yeah, Kansas City and Detroit are actually the two worst teams in the American League. That's crazy. Mm, that's so bad. And the NL Central, they literally have three of the bottom teams. If you throw out the Nationals, they do have the three uh, worst teams in the league. Cubs, Pirates, Reds. Oof. Oof. I mean, the, the whole NL West is almost at 500. Uh, there are two games, two teams, uh, one game under. So, man, just bad, bad baseball in the Central. Um, and I'm not sure it gets fixed anytime soon. So, I think that's it, though, Jordan, unless you got anything else that you want to you wanna talk about or throw out there. I, I've kind of run out of things here. There's just so much going on right now. And then once June hits, you really have a, a, a dead time for baseball. Call up Adley Rutschman. There you go. Make the call. You know what they said today? They said, Brandon Hyde said, uh, we don't really have a timetable. It's whenever he's ready. He was ready last year. Bring right. him up. He batted above 300 in AAA last year. Yeah. And we're past the service here. time thing. So it's like... just manipulation now at this point. We understood he had an injury issue. He's been playing since uh, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Just. Could have been up here this weekend tonight for a home series. This race, expecting him up until the 31st, maybe against the Mariners here in Baltimore. If they call him up on the road, I'm going to be furious. But just, just call him up. What is? What are we doing? That's my biggest thing, and I'll save more of that for work. But just wanted to get that out there. I agree. Call him up. Let's do it. Let's get this thing done. So, I think that's it, though, Jordan. I think that's uh, what all she wrote. The the games are coming to a, a halt here, um, and then we start. I think the night games are starting now. So, um, yeah, Apple TV. I got it on right now. Yeah, so you'd be able to check out the night games. So you had a, two of them postponed today, and then the Cubs got throttled by the Diamondbacks. Kyle Hendricks was awful again today, so that's great. Um, but other than that, Jordan, I think it's time that we introduce the group to the night drive. <laughs> Fourteen three hundred one productions would like to present. Oh no! Four- log no, jam. sorry, log, log jam. jam sports. Don't ruin Form- it, dude. Sorry, I'm so sorry. It's been a long time. See um, it? <laughs> log jam sports. See, that was just an opportunity, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> if you want to follow us, um, and sorry for the two week absence, but if you want to follow us, extra innings baseball show or on Facebook extra inning show on twitter and at extra innings baseball show on instagram um jordan is oftentimes tweeting from our account there on the extra innings baseball show um but if you like us we got a baseball podcast we got a soccer podcast the stateside soccer show um you can check us out over there and then jordan's got about 36 other podcasts so give him some love and support um i know he was talking some um, strange, I guess, uh, would have been the last thing you talked about on Marvel. Yep. So. yep, I'm getting ready to soon record this weekend probably my She-Hulk trailer reaction. Nice. Um, I just recorded Behind the Dreams, our Disney podcast, where Jack and I went and uh, did a tier list of the attractions. So we Ooh. ranked every Disney attraction, and uh, that was a long episode. I'll have to listen uh, but, to that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll get ready to uh, we're getting ready for uh, to produce that one this weekend. But uh, yeah, check those out, and then 
geez, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's probably about it. Mm-hmm. Well, then you've heard from us. That was Jordan Weekend. I'm Logan Stump. This was the Extra Innings Baseball Show. Hope you have a good night, and we'll see you again next week. The Extra Innings Baseball Show is hosted by Logan Stump, edited and produced by Jordan Wiegand, and we hope that everybody enjoys us talking some baseball in this MLB 2022 season that is upcoming. Thank you.